Yeah, it's the Luke and Pete Show. It is a Thursday. I do hope you're faring well. We're recording this on a, a Monday, so I, God knows what's going to be happening by the time Thursday's come around. We may be back in quarantine. We may be uh, running free in the uh, wheat fields of, of, of our lives. I, I just don't know, Luke. I just don't know. How are you doing, man? Good, yeah. What would I'm very well, thank you, mate, and I hope you are well as well. What would you describe as the wheat field of your life? Um, uh, probably uh, the uh, bubble tea shop uh, around the corner. <laughs> Do you run uh, through it naked? I run through it naked. Well, it just it just provides me with a little bit of freedom. I, I think I just think you know, look, we 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 we've, uh, things are back on their their feet. I can buy bubble tea again. And everything's fine with the world. Not the one down the road that's been open right through quarantine. I don't enjoy their bubble tea, but the other one, there's a lot more options. Cream cheese bubble tea, for example. Uh, what even is that? Delicious is what it is. It, it shouldn't yeah. work, but it does. I, I just, I'm probably going to have to divert from you there. I don't. <laughs> cool. I, don't I just can't. I just can't see how that's working. Um, what, what's been going on, Pete? What have you been up to? What, what, one thing I should say, actually, before you answer that, is I know I, I, we spoke quite a lot about Little Richard's sad passing on Monday. Completely forgot to mm. mention uh, Florian Schneider, co-founder of Kraftwerk, passed away yes. as well. Uh, very sad, amazing influence on, on loads and loads of pop music that can still be heard all the time today. So condolences to, to his family and friends as well. I will have to concede I'm not as well-versed, if that's the right phrase, on that type of music. But I do like what I've heard. And, uh, yeah, very, very sad to see that too because he was a proper pioneer, that guy as well, alongside Little Richard, but in a completely different way. To produce the kind of sounds that uh, he he made uh, at a time, well, in, in, in the age of analogue. I mean, we could create the same sort of stuff nowadays in, like, five minutes and fucking Pro Tools or whatever. But, like, yeah. to, to be doing it with wires and valves and and That's and, amazing, uh, isn't it, to think of. It just makes me really and, happy and just, to think of that. Just, just working on a fucking microprocessing level, like fucking soldering stuff and wiring stuff. There's a, there's a guy on uh, YouTube I follow. Um, look, mum, no computer, and he he basically makes these. You will have seen him before. He's a young lad. He's a young Cockney lad, and he uh, can pick up any bit of kind of you know eighties tech and just wire it up and make these kind of incredible uh, instruments. I don't know where his uh, lockup is, but he's got this wonderful studio that's just full and uh, full of wires. And and just the, the air will be thick with the smell of soldering. And <laughs> uh, he makes these incredible musical creations. Like he wires up like 50 Furbies together and makes them sing and Game Boys and old keyboards. Oh, and he's, he's just, the, he's incredible. There's a guy I used to really love. I'm not sure if he's still doing his thing, but it's a guy called David E. Sugar. And he used to play this type of music called, that he would call 8-bit rock. And instead of using um, pedals, he would use like Game Boys and handheld mm. consoles Chickens. and stuff. Yeah, basically, yeah, and he and he would he had a Game Boy literally um, soldered to his guitar, mm. and he would press the buttons on it to make difference. It was wicked. It was absolutely yeah. it was so innovative. It was brilliant. But but I read a really interesting story about um, Kraftwerk uh, back in the day, uh, where they were so they were quite secretive, quite um, enigmatic. Uh, Florian Schneider's got one of the most enigmatic or had one of the most enigmatic faces of any musical artist ever. Like he just always had this mad faraway look in his eye. But anyway, they, they would be very enigmatic. And as a result, because they were doing stuff that was so different and so interesting um, and they had a very clear idea of what they wanted to achieve with it and they weren't really one to give interviews to the press or anything like that. 
And uh, because, as you've already mentioned, Pete, they would do all this stuff in an analog fashion, make all these new sounds and do it in their own little lab studio as a group. Um, they didn't want to have any other sounds polluting um, the area. So mm. as a result, they had disconnected, uh, audially at least, all the phones. So you could still right. be oh, contacted. Yes. You could still oh, be only contacted. Only at one time. like the, the Yeah, so they would give it. you a time, and <laughs> you would have to call them at exact time, and they would pick up the receiver. And if you were there, you could talk to them. And if they weren't, you couldn't ever speak to them. <laughs> so it's, I just love that idea. It's really pretentious, but it's also really funny. And there's something really German being... and cool about it. Yeah, but and also for them being so kind of like future forward with with the the way that they produce music, and but then eschewing the 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 trappings of being connected all the time, I find that incredibly alluring and incredibly interesting. You know what I'd really like to do? I'd like to build one of those weird um, soundless rooms. You know, like um, I, I don't know, I can't I can't remember what they're used for. I'm sure they used for something, but like um, it's basically a room that is uh, so well. Uh, soundproofed, you can hear your own body making like the craziest noises because you never imagine like the most peaceful uh, and quietest place on earth uh, that you've ever been, uh, mm. and, and, and you know, or when you're asleep in your in your bed, there's still noise happening. There's still low rumbles and and yeah. high frequency and low frequency sounds happening all the time. But these rooms completely take that out of the equation, and you start to go slowly, fucking insane. Wow, <laughs> because so, yeah, so you, it's so, too so, quiet. Yeah. But so you'd, you'd, I mean, forgive me if this sounds like um, insensitive. I don't mean it in an insensitive way, but it would be like essentially being deaf. Uh, do deaf people still? I think maybe the vibrations. Do deaf people still, still feel? Yeah, okay, can, right, yeah. Or yeah. they interpret other other um, things as 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 being as effectively replacing sound. I I think it's even more different different to that. But yeah, weird. It's just but, oh, man. Um, going back to the uh, to the to the Florian Schneider thing. Uh, David Bowie gave a really good interview with about um, Kraftwerk once because obviously he loved them. Uh, and he said that him and Schneider used to go to Dusseldorf. We used to visit him in Dusseldorf and they used to go out and eat and just go out and have pastries together, which I just find a really interesting <laughs> thing. And um, I also love the idea that, and I think I'm right in saying this, uh, I also love the idea that we think of Kraftwerk as being this quite, um, obviously it's electronic, it's quite... Um, what, Arch. Not bleak because that's that sounds too harsh, but it's quite kind of surgical, isn't it? Quite clinical because it's so mm. electronic, and it's it's yeah. not. If you would be forgiven for thinking that um, that it's not as soulful as maybe some of the more traditional type music, and mm. I, I don't. I'm not saying I think that. I'm just saying a lot of people would level that at it. But I, I, as far as I'm aware, they always referred to it as folk music of the factories, which I think is a really <laughs> right. cool way of that's putting nice. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 because yeah, we sort of equate kind of anything that's that, that's. Um... You know, even like even like the least programmed, the least sequenced, the least kind of uh, quantized, quantized or quantized um, music. Uh, certainly, in like rock, for example, it's, it's supposed to be this kind of really, um, I don't know, like honest form, or even you know the the folk music of say anything yeah. recorded uh, will be will have less in common with uh, actual music than than, than what Kraftwerk was were, were performing because we think of electronic music as being everything's programmed, everything's kind of like tidied up and stuff like that. But the way that they did it, it's, it really wasn't. It was still a performance. It was still some hard bloody work. Do you, do you think? And it's, it's similar. If you could draw, a, you could draw a um, a parallel with something like different types of art. And, and what it is is that people react to different 
pieces of art or different styles of art in different ways. So if you if you what if you look at like stuff that um, Rothko did, for example, it's completely different to to obviously to you know Renaissance painting or impressionism or whatever. But it doesn't mm. mean that just because like what Cezanne did is because it's so beautiful and it's you know all these pretty you know um nature nature landscape stuff is, is or, or what jmw turner did is so much more rich and and rewarding because it's of all these amazing landscapes and beautiful cloudy skies and stuff compared to someone like rothko which is just these blocks of color or mondrian who's just his blocks of color it doesn't mean that one's more um more um, warm or more emotional than the other it just means that they express themselves in different ways right and that's what that's what mm. this craftwork thing is to me that's the parallel i would draw anyway because but, but also like people sort of people you would sort of say like high art and kind of low end kind of like camp kitsch art uh, yeah. if they don't inhabit the same space. But I think there's a lot more to be said for kitsch art. There's a lot more to be said for, for certain brands and certain kinds of kitsch and camp kind of like art where an artist has tried to do something important. And because of the, the, the human limitations inherent in everyone, he's fallen way short. He's had lofty ambitions and he's made something that looks a bit shit. Uh, and, and, and it was adopted for whatever reason, you know, by, you know, by families in the seventies and you have that, the same kind of, you know, my, my nan and my auntie all had the same kind of like, you know, weepy looking girl or Chinese kind of figurine. And it would be so camp and so kitsch nowadays, but like, you know, the, the, the artist kind of like going for something really important, but cause he or she is a bit shit. There's something way more beautiful for me than than anyone who you know is knocked out of the park with like an incredible uh, representation that just takes everyone's breath away. I think there's something yeah. wonderfully more honest about art that falls way short of that. <laughs> Did there, there, well, it's, it's really interesting because there was there was a I'm going to get this wrong now because again I'm not really an art expert at all. But there was there's a gallery near me. That showed something. It might have been the forgive me if I'm wrong here, but it might have been the Norwegian painter Harold Solberg. I think it might have been him. Where what had happened was exactly as you've described there. He his paintings became um, essentially just those those paintings that you put up on. You get five hundred of them and you put them up in every hotel room that in the hotel you've bought. But it's just, yeah, just kind of cheap art. Yeah. But but I think there's been a major re-examining of him. If it is him, it might not be him, but if it is him, it's been a major re-examining of his work. And and all of a sudden, for some reason, critics are now saying, oh, my God, this work's actually really good. And mm. he's, as a result, he's getting these newfound fans and he's getting these new exhibitions and, and stuff happening in all these big galleries. And uh, so it really does show you that the idea of whether something is good, in quotes or not, can be completely transient anyway, right? But speaking mm. of art... Um, what about drawyourdad.com, Pete? Give, give us the skinny on that. That's, that's, oh, been given uh, <laughs> another, that's been given another outing. That's been given an outing. About, yeah, about 10 years ago, I uh, set up a website called drawyourdad.com, a chance for uh, people to draw your, draw your dad. Because, uh, I mean, when do dads get... When do we find the time in this workaday world, this busy world, hmm. this nine-to-five world uh, to draw our fathers? Um, uh, and I was looking for uh, a completely unrelated file on an old hard drive uh, and found this, this the motherload of all of these <laughs> of all of these pictures that people sent me uh, like 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Um, and I felt kind of a, a slight kind of a weight 
uh, to a certain extent that they're just on a hard drive not being seen by anyone because drawyourdad.com's gone. doesn't exist. It's, it's gone. It went. It, it mothballed. It went, went about uh, 10 years ago. So I thought, well, I, I'll, you know what? I'll just set up a thread on Twitter and just bash them all out. And then they're there. My conscience is clear. Uh, it took me a lot longer than I thought it was going to. It was so many and, tweets. And then also my friend uh, did point out that it was Mother's Day in the US and quite disrespectful in many ways. <laughs> When's International Dad's Day, hey? Yeah, fuck it. Peter, um, for, I should probably make it clear to our listeners that um, if, when you've known Pete for a long time or you've worked with him for a good amount of time and you're, as a result, a member of certain WhatsApp groups with him, every so often you'll start getting mm. bombarded with pictures that you would rather not see of yourself in the past <laughs> and it's because Pete's going through one of his hard drives again. Yeah. Always, I, I, look, I'm a little bit of an archivist. I'm, I'm a disordered archivist, but uh, you know, I'll always, I'll always dump the iPhone pictures. I always dump the camera pictures. I always like to. See, it's, it's, it's lovely, yeah. and you, it's weird. You take a picture, and you sort of, you just don't think of these times that you know we did. You know, the night out we had in Kiev when we were uh, at the, uh, at the um, Euros. Well, the Euros, and 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 we're talking about that, and it's like Jesus, I forget all these kind of like little kind of um, happenstances and. You know, nights and days that we've had, and it's 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 lo- it's lovely. It is lovely. I, I'm I'm enjoying the fact that I I dispose of pictures quite uh, readily, and then two three years later, I'm like, oh, I remember that day. Lovely. Yeah, I should do that. I've got fourteen thousand photos on my phone. Yeah, well, that's that's how you get your iCloud. Oh, two ninety nine yeah. a month. Fuck off. Yeah, wankers. I mean, the thing is, what I would say to Apple is, and they don't need business advice from me. I understand that. But what I would say mm. to Apple is, I'll be much more inclined to pay £2.99, which for me isn't a huge amount of money a month, if you could let me know exactly how the fuck it works. Like, <laughs> it I have no idea how confusing. it fucking works. So why am I going to pay free quid for something? I don't know what... If you if it's something clear, that's much more important to me than a couple of quid, you know, because that, that would help, help me out a great deal. But I'm, I'm absolutely baffled by it. And I think everyone they've is. Got a, yeah. They've got a kind of... The thing that annoys me is like they leverage battery life and broadband availability, Wi-Fi, and your 3D, 3G, 4G connection, 5G connection. Um, watch out, guys. Uh, and they sort of like have to work <laughs> within the confines of so many limitations that once you take a picture... Because you use iCloud, it takes quite a while for the com- the computer inside your bloody iPhone to realize you've even taken the picture before you can do anything with it. It's like because it's trying to upload it to the cloud so you don't lose it and mm. all this bollocks. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys, mm. just give me a little SD card slot and I'll put them on there. Yeah, I also don't. I also don't really like the fact there's no SD card slot. I don't like the fact that they've changed the headphone jack. It's just it pisses me off. But I'm so <laughs> deep into it now, I feel like I'm part of. Um, I'm actually just finished watching The Sopranos. I feel like I'm part of the uh, part of the uh, the mafia, and I can't, I'm so yeah. far in, I can't get out again. You can never leave. You can never leave. Have you seen The Sopranos, Pete? Um, I got up to season four. I know you're having a, a rewatch. There's a lot actually under the lockdown. It. I've seen a lot of people um, kind of reappraising it and, and watching it again. It's just one of those kind of series I, that I you think, can kind of go back. I to. I think I know this is a big statement and 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 whatever. But I, I genuinely think that James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano is the greatest acting performance I've ever seen. I, I've never, yeah. ever seen anything like it, ever. It's so good. It's so... You fuck. You fuck. To the point, point to, the Pete where, to, the Pete, to the point of where you don't really know... Because you don't, obviously James Gandolfini is sadly no longer with us. And you, whoa, who's that outside? <laughs> Some scooter guy. That's yeah, all um, you hear in there. Because, yeah. um, you don't, because you don't see much of... Gandolfini, by the way, of interviews, and as I said, he's sadly no longer with us, uh, which is a real loss. But he, he, 
I watch interviews of James Gandolfini. It doesn't look right. <laughs> what do you mean? Like him? Well, he shouldn't oh, be himself. Like, oh, he character. should be Tony. <laughs> he speaks completely different in real life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's those actors who sort of, these actors who, who have their kind of one defining role in their later years is such a kind of refreshing, uh, it's always really interesting. It's like, where's this guy fucking come from? Where's bloody, mm. you know, the guy from Breaking Bad? Obviously, he was in Malcolm in the Middle and a couple of other things, but like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he said, he said, that, um, Tony Soprano said when he, tough, I've done it again. James Gandolfini said <laughs> that when, when he, I think it was when he received maybe his last Emmy or won some kind of award. He gave a couple of interviews around it, or he made a speech, obviously. I can't remember which. And he said that um, he he got inside the character so much, and it was so well-written and so well-observed, that he felt like he was just... All he had to do was learn the words and just turn up. Yeah, yeah. But he okay, wasn't even right. thinking about acting. It was just... It was just... Mm. It was just so... Because obviously he'd done it for so many years across so many seasons, I suppose. He just sort of slipped into that comfortable old jumper, which I wonder if that's actually quite unsettling for an actor. <laughs> because clearly, well, particularly when Tony Soprano is clearly, a, he's a sociopath, basically. Yeah. So imagine if he just flicked a switch and went into Tony Soprano yeah. mode, like a traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, man. I Funny, just always anyway. remember like, the, the, the fact that, he, I think it's, I don't know why, but when the news reports that, that he died, it's obviously very, very tragic because he, he wasn't an old man. Um, yeah. They just mentioned that he had like, I think he drank like a couple of glasses of red wine and a, and a lasagna. I seem to right. I'm fairly certain that's the case. And it just made me sort of giggle a little bit that his, his final meal was like this very Italian American kind of I said you'd had a lasagna and a couple of glasses of wine yeah. and then uh, and then off you pop. It was Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sadly had a had a heart attack at the age of just fifty one. That's, that's I mean, unlucky, isn't it? That Jesus. One of the Christ. things that is absolutely obscene, by the way, is in the first season of the Sopranos, right? You're not going to like this. The first season of The Sopranos, mate, I think he was younger than we are now. No, 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 And no, And no. he looks just very much like a dad, <laughs> quite an old dad as well. Like, it's crazy. It's like it's when, crazy. You, when you watch a bit of wrestling over on WrestleMania, there's a guy called Arn Anderson who I think he was in, like, the first and the second WrestleMania. He's the guy who stabbed Sid, Sid Vicious in a hotel room. Uh, what, in real life or in the... In the yeah, yeah, in real life. Yeah, he, yeah he, he nearly killed Sid Vicious. <laughs> and, Why did uh, he do that, Pete? Because uh, they had a disagreement, and then I think Sid stabbed him a bit, uh, and then it all got very serious. It was in... It was in stabbed uh, him a Blackpool, bit. I think, uh, they stabbed him a bit. It was in uh, Manchester or Liverpool. Oh, right. Uh, and, they were, and they were all stabbed up, and the police visited them in hospital and went, uh, you going home tomorrow then, lads? And they went, all right then. <laughs> oh, really? It's one of those, <laughs> just took the fuck off. Get that fuck like the, out. The British, the British equivalent of driving someone to the county line. Saying, <laughs> yeah. Don't come back here again. Get out. Um, yeah. yeah, So, but he was a guy who was, I mean, he's probably the same age as Sid Vicious, to be honest, but he looked like a dad. Like a, He was a wrestler, but he was... Uh, he must have been like he couldn't have been older than forty, uh, but he just looked, he just had one of those faces that just said "dad." Back in the day, they never used to have to be that muscly either, did they? No, yeah, yeah, the 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 change in sort of body, but then, but then like you sort of see like guys like I don't know the uh, brothers Claire, the, the Funkasaurus. Um, he was like a gigantic fat man, uh, but he just never sort of stayed around very long in the WWE because obviously you had the bodies and Vince McMahon is obsessed with muscles and 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 that's why you know the, the everyone is so so roided up or was so roided up certainly, um, uh, but 
you know, going back to like that that kind of tipping point between like the eighties and the nineties, where you still had these characters that were just big fat guys. Yokozuna died trying to eat himself to death, I believe, and just it's like these very well, different. I remember that wrestler Pete um, Bob Backlund, who was like a throwback mm. from like the seventies or the eighties or whatever, and he just yeah, looked like yeah. a normal bloke in a pair of trunks. <laughs> yeah it's just good that's what i like about it though back in the day though do you remember when like in the 80s where like there'd be people like big daddy or jeff capes and stuff where strong men were just men who ate fucking five fried breakfasts in the morning you know what i mean yeah. they were, like you, you just drank you, a lot of guinness yeah well just like they were just blokes who could fucking eat a lot it was like, and that was your, and it wasn't just like, you know, cutting uh, weight and it wasn't like fucking worrying about your fucking abs or stuff like that. It was just big, tall men who could fucking eat and eat and eat three dinners at a time. And that was like the, the, the test of being a strong man. You were just a big, tall, fat block. And I enjoyed those years. <laughs> simpler times. Simpler Tearing times. Tearing a fucking phone, bu- phone book in half. Speaking of that, did you see that Haftor Bjornsson, the guy who plays the mountain in Game of Thrones, he's obviously a yeah. strong man. He broke the deadlift world record uh, last week. His right. fucking legs. In, in, that, in that clip, his legs. Fuck me. Do like, you have any idea how much he deadlifted? <laughs> no, I, I don't know where right. to, where he, to go. he deadlifted 501 kilograms, right? <laughs> Which is 1,100 pounds. <laughs> I, think I've, I think my... I think my it's not deadlift, is it? So our chest, I think the only things I used to work out the gym is the chest. And it's like 150, uh, like three times or something like yeah. that. Like, it's just it's incredible. Just seems, right. I cannot imagine how you fucking lift that from the floor. My word. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And, and, and listen, Pete, let's have a quick break. In that, in that break, we'll think about what the most weaker deadlift is. Um, and uh, then when we come back, we'll do some emails. Might have been pounds, actually. Fuck. <laughs> We could call it Pete and Mark's Colossal Tussle. <laughs> but we didn't. We called it Wrestle Me. Wrestle Me, Mark. <laughs> Wrestle Me, Pete. <laughs> A celebration of all things WrestleMania and beyond. And you may be thinking, I'm not really into wrestling. Well, don't worry. There's something for everyone. To be honest, it's mainly about stuff like this. So hang on. Easy Lover was the original theme on WrestleMania. And, it was. And... Someone heard it on the radio and went, that sums up everything about <laughs> WrestleMania to me. <laughs> And this. You can really see the old back acne on test. Yeah. <laughs> and this. Is it worth reminding people of what earthquake John Tenter looked like at 23 years old? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and this. For the record, Marty has made it very clear, and I agree and believe him, that he has never, A, had sex with his daughter, or B, wanted to have sex with his daughter. And the people behind the face paint doing the most unique job in the entire world. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. That's Wrestle Me. Wrestle Me, Mark. Wrestle Me, Pete. Ah, we're back. It's the Luke and Pete Show. I'm not going to get into Schrodinger's advert, whether you heard one or whether you didn't. We love yeah. you very much. Might have been yeah. an advert for another one of the Stakhanov shows. Um, Probably hello, Luke and Pete. Show though for the emails, and yeah, if you if you did get an advert for another Stakhanov show, go and listen to it. We only make good go listen ones. Listen to it. We, yeah. take, we take ages thinking about the ones to make and whether we should make them or not. <laughs> and so, go, at least you can do is go and listen to them. Um, I've got a tweet here at Luke and Pete Show from Leanne. Uh, she says, "I need a ruling. Is the post lawn mowing shower beer the same as the regular shower beer, or are they different? And if so, which is superior? So, the post lawn mowing beer." And the shower beer are mm. two separate beers, and yeah. she, that, that one's there has been amalgamated, which is perfectly acceptable. Um, I would say that is a su- 
a superior beer because you've done the lawn mowing, presumably in the mm. sun, you've got hot and sweaty, you've earned a beer and you've earned a shower. You've combined yeah. both those things. Mind blown is my response to that, Leanne. Yeah, I mean, and depending on what footwear you're wearing, you're in the shower, you can smell the uh, the, the, the cut grass on your on your body and your person and uh, and you're just slamming a beer back. I, I, I wish I could... I might go and buy a little strimmer and go attack the churchyard <laughs> behind me uh, behind the house and, and get an you, award you, myself with a shower beer. You've not been a fan of a shower beer in the past, though. No, uh, the only times I've ever done it uh, or ever continue to do it is um, weekends away with lads, uh, where we're just trying to just get back on it, and, and, and it's yeah. just a it's just an efficiency time sort of. Yeah, uh, no, uh, fair enough. Rent. I know what you mean. For me, it's like if I crack open a beer when I'm getting ready. And I think, right, to go out, back in the day when I did used to go out, and that's not to do with a lockdown, that's just because I'm old. And um, and you go, oh, yeah, I need to have a shower. Take the beer in there with you, no problem. I've seen a picture of someone who's got a beer fridge built into the bathroom wall next to the shower. That's that is naughty. commitment to the shower beer. Shower beer. Um, hello, Luke you're gonna, and Pete. You're going to get rot. It's going to be rot. It's gonna, you're going to get like rot in the, in the you know, like the little um, sealant yeah. between the, the, the fridge and the thing. It's, it's, it's too wet. I know where you're coming from. Um, Dylan's been in touch. He says, uh, hello, Luke and Pete. Um, I just thought I'd say that I'm really glad that all your podcasts are keeping going throughout the lockdown because they're keeping me sane. Well, you're very welcome, Dylan. Thanks for listening. Last month, says Dylan. We've gone the other way. Say again, you've gone the other way, have you? Yeah, we've gone yeah. the other way. Yeah, we probably have, actually, yeah. <laughs> Last month, I was sitting at my desk at work, and I got up to make myself a cup of tea. But as soon as I stood up, I had a shooting pain all through the right side of my body, the worst pain I've ever felt. I went wow. to the bathroom and checked it out, and sure enough, it was my right testicle. So after oh, no. much, de- I know. So after much deliberation and not going away for half an hour, I decided to tell my boss that I needed to go to the hospital. When I got to A and E, I was seen as an um, as an emergency, and within the hour, I was speaking to a surgeon that said my ball was twisted, and she'd have to perform emergency surgery, cutting oh. my balls open and rearranging oh. them. The surgeon told me that I've waited. If I had I waited a couple of hours longer, it could have been a lot worse. The mm. whole experience was not ideal by any means, but I wanted to point out this sort of thing can happen to any man. As a 19-year-old, I always sort of thought this sort of thing wouldn't happen to me because I'm young and healthy. But here we are. Uh, safe to say, it was not my. Um, it was not an elaborate ploy to get my balls touched. Some of my mates accuse me of. Um, so, so Dylan, thanks for sharing the story. I should say um, it's a very, very humorous account, uh, but an important one. So people, men listening, do check your balls regularly. It's a really important part of it, uh, not just for that reason, but for many other reasons as well. Mm. I sort of think about when I get older and I'm going to need one of those seats in the shower if I want to shower. Um, I've seen some designs that kind of have like get slats. a beer fridge built in. Beer fridge, but I, I worry about the slats. And as you get older, your testicles do yeah. descend. And I would hate to um, let them fall through the hole, uh, mm. pull up quickly, and find myself still attached to the chair while screaming. That is, I've heard One stories, and I've fears. read stories in the paper about people doing that uh, on uh, deck chairs. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, not nice. That's, no. that's a pulling and a bruising and ripping and a tearing. No, as, that's not uh, good. Hit, there was Rick. a. Pete, there was a guy at my university, I can't quite remember who it was, but he was no doubt part of the rugby team, whose party trick was that he could dangle his balls in a pint glass and the balls right. would hit the bottom of the glass. That's that's problematic. Get them sewn up. Yeah. Because that's mad. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not right. He needs to see someone about that. I remember at the time thinking, I'm not quite sure who you're trying to impress with this. <laughs> that, looks, that looks like a handbag. 
<laughs> yeah. Very, very weird, yeah. What about this then from Lars who says, Hi, gents, uh, regarding things found during lockdown, my mother found a T-shirt squeezed behind a drawer in a chest of drawers when she was remodeling my boyhood bedroom a few weeks back. It's an Italia 90 T-shirt that has been Ooh. stuck back there for 30 years, right? <laughs> Seeing as three of the 10 picture flags didn't even compete in the tournament, I'm fairly certain it isn't even an officially sanctioned FIFA merch. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't offend Gianni Infantino's ears. Um, have a nice lockdown and thanks for the nonsense. But imagine that. I mean, the, part of the reason I wanted to include that is because a T-shirt stuck in one place for 30 years. Yes, please. It would be rigid. <laughs> Probably would. Well, it would be mothballed. mothballed. Depends mothballed. what he's been using it for. I won't go into any I guess detail so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Do you, I mean, there's very few pieces of clothing, apart from like trousers and suits and stuff, um, like T-shirts and stuff. You could, I, I've got T-shirts from when I was like 15 and I can still wear them because it's just, it's just, you know. I mean, it looks ridiculous, but you can technically I mean, still wear them, right? <laughs> it looks, I mean, yeah, it looks ridiculous. It's like a belly top, but um, yeah, because you don't really change. But like, I find uh, like suits really go out of style very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, but that's because you wear really odd cuts. You have yours cut quite short, and so I think that is a fashion mm. thing. So, And you also have the, the trousers cut quite tight. So I think mm. I think that's something that's going to come and go in fashion terms, whereas if you go for a classic fit, then it's not as not as problematic. So you mean my dream of being a, a, dead, a, a deadlift powerlifter is, uh, you know, I shouldn't really expose this. I've seen the trousers. <laughs> I've seen you burst out of trousers more than I've seen any other person do it. So <laughs> that, that is the truth. So so make of that what you will. Have you read, uh, Luke, somebody got in search? Who was it? It was, um, well, it's Flat Eric. <laughs> I don't think that's actually that person's name, but uh, apparently Eintracht Frankfurt's eagle mascot uh, has been banned from the uh, behind closed doors games uh, when the Bundesliga returns next week. I don't know why I didn't include this in the uh, ramble, but for some reason he went to the Luton Peach Show uh, inbox. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, Attila is the name of the eagle. Uh, and Good because name. of lockdown and because uh, playing football behind closed doors, uh, this eagle has been denied its, uh, its, 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 its weekly run out or fly out and it misses all the people so we've got a lonely a lonely shame. eagle same as those lonely animals in the zoo last week man we need to do something about yeah, the that. eels <laughs> yeah pete you need to take at least three or four animals into your home so they don't get lonely what which ones would you I'd choose love to. uh alpaca no tapir. in your home you can't have an alpaca in your home tape it why not i'm talking about ones that fit your flat well it would have to be smart would that be a penguin or a bloody um could It'd i go as to... big as can I'm I... thinking insect house here. <laughs> I love a hissing uh, cockroach. <laughs> yeah. I told I you I bought my mate a lot of cockroaches, didn't I? Or was it crickets? Yeah. It's crickets, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. You should, you should, I don't, it's just cruelty. Yeah, I shouldn't have done it. I've, I regret it, and I, I don't endorse <laughs> other people doing the same. But if, if I had to get one, I've got a garden at least, and maybe I could stretch to a penguin. Right, okay, yeah. Um... But it's difficult otherwise. What are those big? What's the biggest rodent? What they're called? Oh, they look like capybara. Uh, uh, capybara. I, they're I'd big. Right. I'd be like a little dog. Yeah, I'd be like a little dog though. They, they, they absolutely don't get stink dogs. as well. Do they? Oh, I, did, I, I never got that close to the ones at the zoo. But they were. I mean, yeah, long-eared, long-eared fox. Is that even an animal? <laughs> pretty, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's 
a long-eared fox. Well, is I, that a, I look at a hound. I walk past a, I walk past a, a cage or a, 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 an enclosure at Twycross Zoo once and saw a fox that had long ears. So from that'll you do. know from everywhere that that'll do. I'm I'm just naming animals. Oi, long yeah. neck, get over here. Let me give you a hug. <laughs> it's like that um, zookeeper in Mighty Boosh. Can't doesn't know what any animals are. Because <laughs> yes. the elephants, the big, the big grey people. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's get out of here, Pete. That's our time for this week. Let's go. I was uh, I was doing a, a pub uh, like a pub quiz over Zoom uh, with my Alex and his Italian family, um, and said so, uh, one of the questions was what what's the biggest uh, like mammals eye what's the biggest eye in the a- animal kingdom um, possible and it's the uh, ostrich isn't it um, I think it's the uh, one of the big squids. Um, the, the great right. squid, great squid. Big, oh, I thought you meant squid. in comparison to the rest of its body, can't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, actually, yeah. just physical. And and uh, it really made me giggle uh, that the Italian side of his family said uh, giraffe, and I was thinking they could be massive. They're just too far away. It's perspective, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> they could have the true. biggest eyes in the world. I think I think um, a blue whale's heart is the size of a small car. Brilliant. You yeah. could you uh, could could you legitimately sort of clamber through it. I think a small child could swim through its some of its veins. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and steal a a, a golden blood vessel. <laughs> yeah, why would you want to be in there? I mean, that's the thing. What's what's going on? Mate, very very bloody. Uh, we spoke about aristocrats last last uh, week and why they. <laughs> that's a fetish and a half. That is. Yeah. I want to climb inside a, a, a massive whale's heart and just you know, jerk off or something. And then anyway, a, giant he- a, helico- uh, a giant helicopter wearing underpants. Um, right, let's get <laughs> out of here. That was the Luca Pete Show for this week. We'll be back on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. Look after yourselves and each other, to uh, to quote Jerry Springer. And uh, we'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Pete Donaldson. Goodbye, Pete Donaldson. And it's a goodbye from me as well. This was a Stakhanov production.